0: So, this month, we want to talk about kindness in action. Uh, any people that like action? <laughs> There's um, usually people that like action movies, action, to do active things. You know, I'm happy to be sitting at the beach the whole day. I have no problem with that. <laughs> but also, actually, action is, is fun. It's fun to do something active, to have, watch action movies, stuff like that. I, I like that. But think about kindness in action. Maybe you can think of a person or a situation where someone has shown kindness to you. If you just take a moment, think about something. I remember uh, a while ago, a friend of mine um, actually just asked me if he can take me to the airport um, because I was going somewhere. And that, was, that alone was really nice. Actually, he didn't need to do that, but he just asked me, hey, can I actually take you to the airport in the car? And then he actually had a croissant and a coffee there for me as well. That was actually Andres. <laughs> that is a long time ago. That is a long time ago. <laughs> but it was just an, 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 an act of kindness, unexpected. He didn't need to do that, you know, but it was just nice. And I remember another situation. I was working in a school for a while. And I I don't know, I just had a bit of a tough time, wasn't feeling so well about everything. And this little girl, um, when the kids were lining up to walk somewhere, she just wrapped her arms around my belly and gave me the biggest hug. And, you know, probably she didn't even do this on purpose, but I just remember it was just such a a kind act from her from this girl, and it just made me feel so, I don't know, it just actually, you know, really um, was like oil on my soul. <laughs> but what is it? What can you think of an, an act of kindness? You know, sometimes we talk about this random random acts. Why don't we do like this random act of kindness um, that no one expects, that is maybe a bit out there, that is not needed, but it actually disarms people. It actually... <sighs> gets people's attentions even something like a smile when we don't need to but you know um, just offering a smile like sending a smile when you I don't know in the tram or opening the door for someone I don't know about you these seem maybe small and insignificant but when someone does that to you like what does it in you you feel actually seen and noticed and it disarms you and disarms me and it, it's actually really beautiful So I love talking about this topic, and um, I want to start with some scriptures, reading some scriptures on kindness, one of them that we have actually read uh, a few times now, but I just want to read this again. In Galatians 5, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, again here, I'm just not going to spend too much time on here, but it's a fruit, right? It's like the Holy Spirit producing in us, and then it actually comes out of us. But there's another scripture in Colossians 3:12. It says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And I love that here is actually talking about an an action, right? To actively clothe yourself. Because here it says, you as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. You are dearly loved. We are chosen and dearly loved. And therefore, we can actually choose to clothe ourselves with these things. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. So just like you put on your jeans in the morning, your sneakers in the morning, like, you know, like we're dressing ourselves, we can actually choose and an act to put on um, kindness and compassion and humility. And another one in Romans 2, verse 4, it says, or do you show contempt for the riches of His kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. God's kindness is intended. It has a purpose, actually, to lead you to repentance, to lead you to a, a change of mind, realizing a need for God. Uh, kindness. And I love that, you know, when we talk about a dinner party in the park showing hospitality and generosity, showing kindness, it's actually about that. Also, we have a Kindness Project, and, and you know, you'll be hearing more about this where we actually exactly want to do that. Let kindness speak about Jesus. Not so when we are, you know, reaching, writing letters to the elderly, for example, this is what we've done, right? Like writing just an encouraging note to people that are living in in a care home or living on their own and are are old and alone and have actually no one around them. To write a note of encouragement, no hidden agenda, no church invitation card in the letter, just pure kindness can actually lead to repentance. Um, So I I actually want to take time today to look into another scripture in Luke 15. And I'm going to want to talk about this a bit more and look into what can kindness lead towards. Um, And because it's quite a passage, I'm not going to read it all. I'm just going to start sharing a bit. And so it's a parable. It's often called the parable of the prodigal son. But it's actually a story, a parable of two sons and a father. So this father, he has two sons, a younger one and an older one. And the younger one actually comes to a point where he says, hey, dad, father, I want my inheritance now. And I want to go off and do what I want to do. And actually, in that culture, that was very offensive. It would actually mean that I don't, I don't actually care about you. You have no, you know, authority over my life. I just want what I want. I actually want you. I wish you were dead already so I can have my inheritance. So just give it to me now. The father, interestingly, actually does it. And I, I don't think he thought it was a good idea, but he actually releases. And he actually gives him his inheritance and lets him go. He goes off. He goes to a foreign land. He does everything he wants to do. He spends and basically squanders and wastes all his wealth. And after a while, he is in great need. What a surprise. And also, I mean, obviously the circumstances changed. There was a famine and he, he was in great need. But then he actually, the Bible talks about he comes to his senses. He realizes, hey, I am in need. I actually need help. I can't do this, I can't fix this on my own first of all he goes, he's trying to find a job, he looks after uh, um, a herd of pigs and he's so desperate and so in need that even the food of the pigs look good to him so then he he actually realizes he's on the bottom of where he can be and he says I actually need help, I need to go back to my father and this is where we're going to start reading from Um, yeah In Luke 15, from verse 17, this is what he says when he's at the, when he hit rock bottom, right? He says this. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. The Father showed kindness towards the Son. And so that's what I want to do, actually look a bit into what this kindness does. So my first point is the Father released kindness. He he released, right? He was a very releasing Father, actually. First, when the Son asked to have His inheritance, He released Him. And, you know, I think God actually releases us. He actually releases us. He actually allows us to make decisions. And I had to think about my parents. Uh, you know, I, f- I found them actually very releasing. And now we're all adults, but we all, all always love coming back home. We always love coming back and actually see them and visit them. And I think it has a lot to do that they were actually quite releasing. Now, they're not perfect, you know. But I, I do remember they didn't maybe understand all my decisions or maybe didn't agree on, on my decisions. and were also verbal to express that, you know, but in the end, they actually I always felt like I was released to do what I actually wanted to do. And so there was never like you have to do this, you have to be back. Well, when I was a kid, yes, but <laughs> when I was an adult, you know. And I think I found it when we when when we're released, we actually want to come back. We're actually empowered. We actually uh, uh, relationships are strengthened by that, right? Um, so the father released the inheritance and he released him to, to let him go. And when the son came to his senses, he made a decision to come back to the father. And he rehearsed and he practiced and he put a speech together, what he wants to say. And he didn't, he didn't feel worthy to come back as a son. Now imagine the son, what would he have th- thought like, how, how do I get back to my father? Like, he, maybe he told him before. Maybe he just, he knew, maybe the dad thought that that was not a good idea to take the inheritance and go and just do whatever. But what, what was his thoughts? Like, how would he come back to his father? Like, he didn't know how the father would respond. I mean, you know your father and you might have an expectation and you might be hoping to receive kindness and compassion. But in the end, he didn't know. So he was in this position Obviously, desperate. And it's the only way for me to to actually, I need to get back to my father. And when, when he came to the father, like we read in the story, he was still far away, actually. He was in a far distance. But the father was already looking out. He was already looking out to receive him back and he ran towards him and he actually ran and lifted his garment and ran which was very unusual that's just not nothing you did in that culture as a grown man it was very undignifying actually to do that but he didn't care he saw his son in a far distance that he was waiting for and he ran and he released kindness to his son he showed kindness to his son he embraced him He accepted him. He welcomed him. And he actually, and then the son starts talking and he brings what he rehearsed, right? And he says, like, I'm no longer worthy to be your son. But actually the father stops him and says, quick, put the robe, the ring, and the sandals on on him. He doesn't even let him finish his self-doubt. He doesn't let him finish talking himself out. And I love it because the rope, the ring and the sandals, they all, all have meaning. So he, he gives him a robe, which stands actually for royalty and dignity and honor and acceptance back into sonship. He gives him a ring on his finger, which is a commitment of the father's love and authority. And he says, put sandals on his feet because he's actually my son. Because servants at the time didn't wear sandals, but he says, he's my son. So whatever the the son thought that he had lost that he couldn't actually be anymore the father actually showed this kindness to him so that he could have all these things and you know we're talking about our heavenly father here so not an earthly father because all of us might have different you know relationships with our fathers maybe some some of you maybe don't even know your father or you you're not in a in a relationship with your father or maybe you even lost your father maybe some of you have a difficult relationship with your father maybe some of you have a great relationship with your father and you have experienced you know the kindness of your earthly father so we all have different experiences and sometimes that can be difficult to see our Heavenly Father as He is. And so whatever your experience is, you know, I just really want to encourage you and I pray that you can actually see in this story your Heavenly Father. Because this story is actually a beautiful picture about your Heavenly Father. And I think we cannot compare, um, you know, we cannot compare God, our Heavenly Father, to our earthly father. And we can also not put the expectation of who God, our Heavenly Father, is on our earthly Father. But we can actually get to know a Heavenly Father by looking to the Word of God. And this story, I think, I think, is such a beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father who releases kindness towards you, who releases, who actually embraces you, who accepts you, who loves you, who is committed in His love for you, who actually calls you a son and a daughter. No matter what was going on, no matter what decisions you have made, no matter what choices you have made, no matter what has happened, He is always ready to welcome you back. My second point is the Son received the kindness of the Father. So, The son comes to his senses. In another translation, he talks about he wasn't himself. He came back to be himself. And I I wonder sometimes how often are we not ourselves? Like, I know for myself, sometimes I'm just like, what was that about? Why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why am I even thinking that? That's actually not who I am. I'm just not sometimes myself. (laughs) And so when we come back to ourselves, he came to his senses. He wasn't himself, and he came to his senses and he decides to go back to his father. And what happens is really important, actually, that he, he received the kindness of the father. Now, we don't really know. Like in the story, it doesn't actually tell how it ends, right, from there. But um, just imagine if he didn't receive the kindness. What would that have looked like? If he would have said... No, I cannot be your son. I I can only be your servant. I cannot accept the robe. I cannot accept the ring. I cannot accept the sandals. I cannot be your son. I can only be your servant. I'm not accepting the kindness you're extending to me. What would that have done to the son? What what would have been the consequence of that? And also, what would have been the consequence? How would the father have responded? Like, what would that do to him? He made everything possible so that his son can be back restored into a relationship with him, and he would reject it. And I'm thinking often that, you know, when we feel guilty or shameful, that is never from God. Like, he doesn't make you feel guilty, right? That's not from God. We can just know that. So guilt only makes you feel more guilty. And what actually happens is it it drives us away from Jesus. So if the Son would not have accepted that, it would actually have driven Him away from the Father. And so again, I just pray that we can actually receive the kindness of the Father and can come into His presence. And I think that's the best thing we can do when we feel guilty, when we feel full of shame, when we feel like we're not ourselves, when we feel like we have stuffed up. The best thing we can do is actually come to the Father come to the cross. Like How how do we deal with that? The best thing is to actually bring it to our Heavenly Father, to bring it to Jesus. Because what He does is actually He affirms us and assures us that we are accepted, that you are accepted and that you are loved. So I think the receiving is actually really important because if we don't receive, then what do we have to give? If we don't receive then what does that mean to the father? I just think like his heart would have been broken if the son would have said, no, I, 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 I like what you say, but I cannot accept this. I cannot be your son anymore. I think the father's heart would have been so broken because he made everything possible to be back into relationship with him. And this is actually my third point, is the kindness of the Father leads to restoration. So kindness was released, kindness was received, and kindness led to restoration. To be restored, something to be restored means actually to be put put back in the state it was before, to the original state. And so the father's kindness led to restoration of the relationship. And I think that's just beautiful. He has gone out full length to see that happen, to see that be possible, that our relationship, that the relationship with the son can be restored to the father. And this is the same for us. Our relationship can actually be restored to the father. With restoration, I think sometimes when it comes to you know, relationships between people, it can be misunderstood, or I think it can be a bit mixed up, because we can think that once I, for, when I forgive, I, I need to be back in this relationship, and this can be with anybody, this can also be in family, and that's actually not what it means. Restoration is actually a process, and, um, you know that you can read different things about it but there's maybe th- this one thing i read about is actually there's 12 steps to see a re- relationship restored and there's things like communication and forgiveness and boundaries and letting go of the past and again 12 steps that it's actually a, a long process re- restoration doesn't just happen it's it's it involves both parties and it is actually a process forgiveness doesn't mean that Everything is just good again, and you're just going back into that relationship. Forgiveness is a choice, actually, a choice to let go. And it doesn't say, it doesn't make it right what has happened. It doesn't make it undone, but it is a choice that we can choose to do. And it is often actually something we probably have to do on a daily basis. But, you know, with our relationship with Jesus, sorry, with our relationship, yeah, with our Heavenly Father, what we can know is that there's not two two people that are flawed. There is a perfect God, a perfect Father, again, whose arms are wide open, who has already dealt with all these 12 steps. He has already communicated. He has already made forgiveness possible. He has already made everything available so that we can be restored into a relationship with Him. And so He is actually kind and He shows compassion and He's gracious in that, that He extends restoration, which can happen in a moment. Now on our part, there's still things we need to work out, but God is not flawed. He is perfect. He's the only one that's perfect and He is extending restoration but the other thing is also looking at the older brother because right the story is actually about two sons there's the the younger son who went off with the inheritance and wasted it all and came back to a restoration with the relationship with the father but there's the older brother the older son and when we read this, um, again, I'm not going to read it together with you, but you can read it uh, at home. I'm just going to summarize this. The older brother actually wasn't rejoicing when the son came home. He wasn't just happy. Oh, great, my brother has come home. He was actually really upset, and he actually he he refused to go in to celebrate with them. And again, the father showed kindness because he actually came out to speak to the older son and to talk to him and to say, hey, your brother was lost and he's back and I want to celebrate this with you. But he actually, his response was actually to say, you never did this for me. I was here always working for you. I kept all the rules. I did everything that you asked me to do and you never threw a party for me. So He was chalice and He was bitter. And I think, again, this is actually something that we really can take in and, and think about. What does that mean for me? Am I doing all these things? And then I'm going to point to God and say, you owe me. You know, like, honestly, I've been here 16 years building church. And sometimes, honestly, <laughs> you can actually think, well, how come everything is going well for other people? And God, what, what I, have, I have been doing this from the start, you know? <laughs> and I think we need to be careful because when, when we go to that place, what does that mean? Then it's actually, God, you owe me. I did this for you. So where's your payback? And this can never be our motivation to do what we do. And so I think once we get to this place, we need to actually be really honest to ourselves. And I think we actually need help from each other. I think that's why God puts us in community because He, he knows we're going to mess it up ourselves and we're not going to have someone say, hey, why do you say that? Why are you not rejoicing over that? Why you, where can you not be happy for that person? You know, also in another passage, you know how to, it says that we weep with the ones that weep And we rejoice with the ones that rejoice. Well, to be honest, I find it easier to weep with the ones that weep sometimes, honestly, than to rejoice with the one that rejoices. Because what kicks in sometimes is exactly that, but God, but God, but they didn't do, but they did, but they did, but what about me? So again, the younger son and the older son both actually needed to receive the kindness and the compassion and the forgiveness of the Father. Both were in need of restoration to the relationship with the, with the Father. And so this is just, yeah, what I'm actually going to come to a conclusion from here. Um, but I really, really want to say this. Uh, you know, again, kindness was released. So maybe a question could be, where do you need to release kindness in, I don't know, in your marriage, with your children, at work? Uh, Maybe just in your day-to-day as you go about, maybe there can be these random acts of kindness. There can be these little gestures like opening the door, holding the door that seem insignificant, but they actually can mean the world for someone. Where do we need to release kindness? Then kindness was received. Are you good to receive the kindness of the Father towards you? Can you see your heavenly Father, not compare it to your earthly Father, whether good or bad, but actually meditate and, and look for who your heavenly Father is and receive from Him? Because unless we receive, there's nothing we can give. And again, it cost him everything. Like he got undignified. He this father lifted his garment. He ran towards his son. He didn't care about what anyone was thinking. He just wanted to be back in relationship with his son. He just wanted to hold his son in his arms. And obviously, God has gone full length when he gave his son, his only son, to die on the cross for our sins so that we can be restored into a relationship with Him. So how are you with your receiving? How are you with, your, with receiving from your heavenly Father? I think that's the greatest joy we can actually give to Him to, uh, to receive His kindness, receive His goodness, receive His compassion, receive His forgiveness. And then the other question is kindness leads to restoration. Where are you with your relationship with Jesus? Maybe, maybe, you know, you're like the younger son, maybe you're like the older son, wherever you are at, we can always come back into a relationship with Jesus. And then from there, I'm just wondering, you know, what can, what can it look like as we go out into our world, into our day, into our Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? Once we release kindness, receive kindness, we, we, we went back into restoration of our relationship with Jesus. I believe we can actually see kindness in action that leads to repentance, that leads to salvation, that leads to relationship with Jesus. So, hey, can we stand? I just would love to pray for you. And then we're going to, again, just sing a song of worship. And why don't you really take this moment to to, to let Jesus speak into your heart. Amen.